Hi, community Padawans. Welcome to another episode of Connect Dots, a community-driven podcast. After two episodes with two incredible female community managers, it was time to have the first male guest. And let me tell you, what a guest. Brian Oblinger, one of the leading experts in building and managing communities with 20 years of experience working with brands like Sephora, PlayStation, eBay, Warner Bros. Games, what a curriculum. At the moment, from his basement to the world, Brian is currently a host in one of the most well-known podcasts in the industry, along with Erica Cole, in Before the Lock. You should check it out. And also a community building consultant, helping companies increase customer loyalty, reduce costs, and creating unique and engaging social community experiences. It's very easy to have a conversation with Brian. And for many topics, we had a chance to talk about community becoming a trend, the importance of companies building communities, what it takes to be a community manager, and what are some of the pain points that spark the need of creating a community. Very excited to have Brian in the podcast and to share this conversation with you. As always, and to keep dots connected, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button below. Give us your feedback. And now, sit, relax, and enjoy this episode. Action. Um, Brian Oblinger, Oblinger, I'm not sure how to pronounce your surname. Welcome to Connect Dots Podcasts. It's for me a big honor to have you as the first male to participate uh, in, this, in this podcast. This is our third episode. I got lucky to have as the first two guests, Leif and, uh, and Andrea from, uh, from OutSystems. So really honored to have you as my third guest, uh, Brian. Um, you are very well known within the community building, uh, community management uh, industry, uh, not only because of your great uh, podcasts with Erica Cole, the In Before the, the Lock, um, I normally start this, uh, the, the podcasts with a cliche question and let's uh, stick it that way. Um, tell us, I, I know that everyone knows you, okay? Everyone, know, everyone knows your, your story, but uh, very, very short, uh, in a very short way, tell us a little bit about, uh, tell us a little bit about you, Brian. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, Francisco. Honored to uh, honored to be here. Um, so let's see, what's the really short version uh, for me? So you know, I've been I've been doing community customer experience advocacy, uh, you know, all the all the buzzwords, right? For for yeah. a long time, a couple of decades, and have been fortunate to, um, you know, I worked at a platform community platform vendor. I've worked uh, at companies building teams around community and and thinking about how community really accelerates an organization. And now I'm on the consultant side. And so I get to bring the kind of depth and breadth of all three of those things every day uh, to what I do. And I just, I love community. It's, it's my life. It's all I know how to do. And so, um, you know, my mission in life is just to help other people as much as I can learn about how, how to do it and how to get value yeah. from it. And uh, that's, that's the short version. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. And thank you, like, uh, for 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 that short short version. And let's um, taking into account your uh, your mission. One of the questions that I that I 
that I that I prepared for this uh, for this uh, question. It's a very simple uh, very simple question. Um, first of all, for how many years are you just managing or helping people companies uh, with the with the community building? Uh, about 20 years now. It goes back oh. to the kind of mid to late 90s, actually. Wow. Wow. It's been a long time. So uh, I would love to know your opinion, taking into account that now community building is becoming a, a big trend, you know, more and more, especially, I don't know if it's because of this, but especially because of of the, of the pandemic, uh, it's now becoming, uh, uh, as I said, a, a big trend. What's 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 um, what's your feeling about it? Like, uh, uh, do you do you see that now there are uh, differences taking into account the, your like your first years uh, managing and building communities? What's what's your opinion on community building, uh, community manage, uh, management becoming becoming a trend? Yeah. Well, I think there's a bunch of things that have sort of all come together at the same time here, right? So I think one of the things is we've just been doing it long enough that all of a sudden there's enough people that have been working on it and people that are now being promoted into executive roles at companies have experienced community at other places that they've worked and they've seen a little bit of the power of it. So I think that's important is just the longevity and the maturity of it over time. Mm -hmm. I think that you know, COVID sort of forced everybody to think about how they were going to reach their customers digitally. Um, it's kind of crazy to me that they weren't thinking about that before uh, COVID, to be honest with you, right? Because it's like we had many years of people talking about digital strategy and digital transformation. We're still talking about that stuff. Uh -huh. um, so I think like that kind of helped. And then I think the other thing is we're just we're doing a better job of telling the story of the value than we have before. And so I think, you know, we're getting more traction in the C-suite and executive level of, of them understanding, oh, okay, if we do this set of activities from a community perspective, then that can translate to, you know, real dollars in terms of whether yeah. that's savings or generating money. And so I think a lot of those things have all just come together uh, in, in kind of one spot here. And uh -huh. now's our chance, you know, to uh, seize the yeah. day and, and make sure that this doesn't become a, a temporary thing, that it's actually something that lasts long-term. Yeah, yeah. I see like, and I've read, listened, that uh, this is the community centric or community driven company startups uh, era and i totally agree with that uh, with that but um, um what's in, in, again in your opinion what do you think is the difference between for example uh let's look to 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 startups or to creators makers what's the difference on uh between for example we know that's normally startups, companies start a business taking into account a problem or a need that needs to be solved. Um, and what's, what's in your opinion, the difference between building um, uh, a company uh, taking into account this approach and being a community centric company from day one? Yeah. Well, so this is definitely something we're seeing, right? We're seeing a lot of new startups say, hey, we're going to be a community-driven company and we're going to engage the community on and build community, maybe even before we have a product or revenue. 
I think that part of that, again, is that most of these people starting companies today have, uh, they grew up around communities and so they see the power of it. So that's one of, one of those pieces. I think the other thing is that the business model dictates it, right? So if you're going to build a SaaS app or service or platform, um, one of the things you want to ensure is that you have a good base of people that are going to use it early on so that you can get success and uh, you know, be able to uh, attract investors and those kinds of things. And so uh -huh. we're seeing that as a trend, I think, because it's partly a necessity, but also it's a part of this idea that, you know, maybe we're not just building technology, we're building a movement, right? Everybody wants yeah. to be part of a movement and, and have something even more than just, hey, we built a tech product. So I think those are some of the reasons why we're seeing it. I think, you know, history will bear this out. I, I think it's still a little early on in that to make uh, you know, full assessments of it, because I think companies mm -hmm. have just started doing this. But the ones that I've talked to, and the ones I'm working with that are doing it, uh, you know, have been pretty successful so far. So I think it's really an interesting way to think about, you know, how to how to build a business from the ground up using community as a centerpiece. Yeah, yeah. And for those, uh, for those who are, uh, uh, like, not focused on, uh, on, a, on a SaaS, building a SaaS, or, uh, building a business based on the technology and uh, for those business businesses who are focused more on the on, on a product uh, for example clothing or beauty because we see really really famous uh, uh, companies such as uh, Clochier uh, or, or Sephora they are they are built around a product do you think that's different comparing to the to, to, to the ones that are based on a, on a on a software or a technology? I think largely they share a lot of the same goals, right? I think a lot of that, um, you know, I, I actually was uh, helped Sephora back in the day um, as a as a consultant many years okay. ago when they were launching their community and thinking wow. about building it out. And I think, you know, a lot of the things are, are similar. There's probably some differences, but I think overall it's, you know, with, with a product specific focus and product company, um, you're always worried about, you know, how many of these things are we going to sell and to whom and, Will they buy more? And when they do buy more, what's their average transaction cost? And so I think maybe the maybe the high-level business metrics are a little bit different, but a lot of the strategies and tactics that we can employ to or deploy to uh, you know, make those happen often are are very similar. And it comes down to, you know, look, we we can get the word out about our product a lot faster and a lot more efficiently if we've built up a large community around it, as opposed to kind of the older model of advertising and, you know, going to trade shows and those things that we used to do as, as product focused companies. And so I think they've just discovered the benefits of the efficiency and the speed and, and the value that it can have. Uh, and so therefore, you know, it becomes an attractive uh, way to attract new customers, convert them to paying customers and, and hopefully keep them longer and keep them spending money with you in the long run. Yeah. And you, um, I'm not sure about this, but um, What's what's the not, not only uh, for you as a, as a consultant, but but overall in an in an overall perspective, uh, taking into account that uh, we see more and more the this um, this golden rule of um, start to build an audience and uh, step by step you will have the chance or not you will see uh, to to create a community. Um, 
do you do you also agree that this is the starting point? So try to uh, put put out as much content as possible. Try to get feedback from from your from uh, from your uh, audience. Try to validate the 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 purpose and the values of what you're trying to build. And Tsai will say that your your audience, your visitors, can can then later become. Uh, your your community. Uh, that's also your starting pro your starting point on your on your approach on your approach. With uh, with new companies, sure. I mean, I think that you know, that, like many people say, like you know, they come for the content and they stay for the community, and I think that's an accurate reflection typically. And so this is where you know my advice to people is definitely what you said. Like, how do we understand the motivations of these people that we're trying to attract? How do we therefore build content and resources and really think about the value we're delivering to them, right? I think that's the difference between this model and other or older models where it was very much a, we're going to build a product or a service and you're going to come and experience it and get value out of it. And, there, and then we're going to get value. It's more thinking, what value can I provide to you up front as the consumer or the audience or the community member? And then we believe that if we do that really well, that maybe you'll be interested in our products and you'll buy something or you'll sign up for a subscription or whatever the case is. So um, I always say value begets value. And, and that's what I sort of teach is, you know, let's, let's think about that and let's give value to those people first. And if we do that well, then we're going to sell a bunch of software or we're going to sell products or whatever the case is. Yeah. When, when you are, when you are approached, uh, you, you work mostly with, with companies, uh, uh, on, on, on one side, companies that are trying to build communities or um, on the other side, I believe companies that, that think that have communities but need someone like you to raise the bar in what regards managing and adding value. Um, when you are approached by, by, by these companies, what's, what are their pain points? how they approach you in order to say, hey, Brian, we need someone really cool like you with lots of experience because we need to solve this or we don't know how to build communities. We have, I don't know, 5,500 members on, on, on our community and we don't know how to, to manage them and add value to them. What's, what's the approach or the various approaches you, you get from, from companies? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of them come with a business problem, right? So they might say, hey, you know, our support costs are out of control and we need to figure out how to get those under control. Or they might say, um, we're a product or a service company. And what we really want to do is increase the number of sales that we make, or we're doing good on sales, but the average cost or the average uh, transaction, I should say, um, you know, we think we can make that higher. Maybe it's $10 today and we want to make it $15. And if we do that over the long course of time and enough people, then we make a lot more money, right? So there's all these different like business problems that they're trying to solve. That's, that's one class. The other class are people who just believe in community and they're not sure yet what their goals should be. And they say, hey, can you come help us with that, right? We, we want to craft together what our strategies and our goals should be because we're not quite sure. So a lot of times I'm actually helping people quantify, you know, what their, what their business goals are. And, like, and then it's like, okay, now let's apply. Once we understand those, let's apply the community to it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's always, it's, it's 
you know, people come in with problems and, you know, hey, can you help us solve this? And then we figure out what that means and go from there. Uh, so it's a little all over the place, depending on who they are and what they want. But uh, more often than not, it's, you know, if they have a business business problem they're trying to solve. Yeah. So you, you would say that uh, for some uh, community is like uh, a potential key for success. So like uh, for communities that want to start, uh, sorry, for companies that want to start the community, uh, this strategy can be a key for success. But on the other side, you have companies that uh, reach you in order to see if community can be like a solution for uh, for some yeah. uh, for some problems. I kind of I, I kind of like that. Um, what's um, from from my from my experience? What um, what what I see even for even for companies that already promote themselves as community centric, and we see on newsletters and podcasts that they promote themselves themselves as a as a community centric uh, company. Um, for example, com companies that are very focused, for example, on on platforms such as Instagram. Instagram is uh, a very unilateral um, platform where you post content, you, okay, you get comments, you get likes, but there's no real connection if, uh, if you know what I, if you know what I mean. And according to theory, those are more than, more than communities, we can call those groups, right? So what do you think that's, um, and taking into account, just like we said earlier, that this is becoming a trend and we see more and more community managers, we see more and more companies investing, looking to build a community. What do you think is, is necessary for community managers to do in order to clarify this line that differentiates, differentiates uh, a group from a real community or for example what Kerry calls a mirage community so here on this uh, we have a group and a real community what do you think that is necessary for us community managers to do to clarify this question yeah yeah i mean i think the first thing is um to not get too hung up on the language part of it, right? So certainly uh -huh. we all have our perspectives on what the word community means or should mean or what, you know, what the value of it is. I think what's more important is to get at the, again, what, what are you trying to accomplish with this thing, whatever you're going to call it? Um, and I think for those of us that have been building communities for a long time and have a really strong perspective on what we think it is and how it should work, um, our goal should be to educate people and show them through our actions what we believe successful community looks like, right? And I think there's a lot of talking that goes on and a lot of explaining and those kinds of things, but I think there's no substitute for showing people positive examples of, hey, look what, look what this company did over here, or look what these people are doing over there, and yeah. here's why it's valuable, right? And here's why what the difference might be between this platform or that platform or this approach or that approach. Um, and so I think ultimately it's on us, right, as, as the professionals in this industry to really educate people and enable them to be successful with it. And I think if we focus on that more so than the 
um, you know, sometimes we get frustrated, right, with the different terms that are being used and how yeah. people use them. And I, I certainly experienced that as well. Mm-hmm. I just try to stay focused on showing people the version of the world that I think um, is what ultimately will win out. And I think if we do that and they see the value of it, uh, then we'll win, right? And so that's that's kind of how I think about that and where I try to yeah. focus people's attention. I, I totally I totally agree with you. And I, I got the chance to 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 to, to have a conversation uh, to have, uh, last last week, I think, and uh, one 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 of the things that I said was that I'm afraid that um, community building is becoming like the new swag, just like just like it happened with startups, building startups. You know, it's like everyone wanted to be a founder, everyone wanted to start uh, a new a new business, and because it's becoming a trend, everyone wants to 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 to, to, to work to be a future uh, community community manager and as we see more and more content coming to the to the internet and to all those platforms such as Twitter like those many slack uh, communities um, we we see that like people see examples from Atlassian Salesforce, out systems, I don't know, on deck, uh, Peloton, and 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 then they try to replicate all the strategies that succeed uh, on 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 those companies. When the rule or one of the rules is that one strategy might not fit on your company. So there's like there is a no size fits all uh, on on this community building. So I really understand that your role as a community manager, especially taking into account the, the years of experience you have, is show that, okay, maybe erase all the information that, I don't know, the CEO, the CMO of the company uh, has from the inspiration that he got from those incredible um, examples and show them that, hey, our, your starting point is your company, your problems, your members. So what's your why, right? Yep. So uh, I know that, um, well, it's an obstacle that we need to overcome. And fortunately, we have uh, many inspiring community managers just like you that I'm sure that they are doing an incredible job. Um, what... I, I don't know if with this question I, I might repeat myself, but um, why why you believe that companies search people like Brian? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is they know that they want to do this, right? And they have a sense of why it might be valuable to them. But it's also time, you know, it's time, it's the knowledge, it's things they don't have in their organization today. And it might be easier to go out and, you know, contract with someone like me than it is to hire someone. Maybe they're not ready to hire someone. In fact, a lot of the work that I do with people involves helping them define if they should hire someone. And if they do, let's write a job description and let's go source, you know, great candidates from my, you know, network of people that are really great at doing this work. Um, And so I I would say like, uh, you know, kind of back to the previous point you were making, you're exactly right that so like inspiration is good, right? And that is sort of the spark for a lot of people to think about this. But then what they need very quickly after the inspirational piece is they need someone that can help them 
frame this in their mind of, okay, but what does that mean for us? And, and why, like you said, why are we doing this? And then the how, right? Okay, great. We know, we know what we want to do and we know why we want to do it, but how do we want to do it? And the fact of the matter is that if you, whether you're contracting people or hiring people or whatever, whatever that looks like for your particular organization, um, bringing in people that have the experience and the knowledge, just like you would in any other part of the business, can help you speed this up. And so uh, I describe myself uh, in a lot of ways as kind of a jetpack for companies. It's not that they wouldn't have, you know, it's not that they wouldn't have figured it out on their own or that, you know, it just would have taken a lot longer and they probably would have made a bunch of mistakes that I already know how to avoid. And so, you know, for me, that's a lot of the value I'm providing is like, let me help you skip all of that stuff that it took me 20 years to learn the hard way. And let's just focus on the things that we know work uh, and that are going to work for you based on whatever your strategy is. Okay. Okay. Uh, that, 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 you made, you made a very good point and uh, your point leads me to, to, to a question. So taking into account that you have uh, 20 years of experience uh, more or less and um, from, from your community manager profile. Uh, so the profile that you have today as a community manager, what do you think that it takes for someone to be a good community manager? Uh, because we normally we normally um, see that, for example, for you to be a community manager, you need to uh, know how to communicate. You need to be uh, diplomatic. You need to be passionate. Uh, you need to have patience. <laughs> you need to manage platforms. What, what do you think that it takes for someone to be uh, a, a good community manager or what defines a good community manager? Hmm. Well, I think you listed off a bunch of really important ones there, like from a trait perspective, um, you know, I can teach people about community, right? I can teach you the ins and outs of programs and those kinds of things, but ultimately being a community professional is about soft skills, right? And about empathy yeah. and about connecting with people and, actually enjoying talking to people because that's probably going to be, a, you know, some portion of your job um, and really having a focus on wanting to help and wanting to make other people successful. And so those are often, you know, the traits that I look for. And then of course, there's the other side, which is the, what's your business acumen, you know, what's your experience level? Have you done things like this before in another, another area, you know, but for me, I always look for people that kind of have that potential and that personality and those soft skills. And I think beyond that, you know, we can, we can teach the rest, but I think the people that are really good at this and have been doing this a long time, have a good mix of both of those and can bring both skills to the table. Okay. Okay. Because we see, for example, projects uh, such as uh, um, community club with the C school, which mm -hmm. is a really, a really uh, interesting project. Uh, with with the focus on teaching people how to be community managers, more focused on companies, on company led, uh, co uh, community led companies, and then for example we have on deck, they are focused on the indie uh, community uh, community builders, and I totally agree with you. Um, we one of one of the topics that I love to to write for for connect dots is like, what are the skills. Uh, that make uh, a good community manager. And my conclusion was that 
for I don't know if you agree with this, but uh, to for you to be a good community manager, you just need to be like the best version of yourself, like give your best for the community, taking into account the purpose and the mission. And then as an extra layer, you have those soft skills, like the you need to like to talk with people, you need to have patience, passion, uh, you need to be diplomatic. And only then you have like the technical skills, uh, how to manage platforms and um, and how to how to use it, taking into account the value that you want to the value that you want to to add. Um, one of one of the other topics that I'd love to 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 put on 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 our conversation, and I know that this is also a topic that many community managers try to get information is um, uh, measuring success. Um, and of course, we can talk about um, a return on investment, but um, can you give us examples of like methodologies or frameworks that can help community managers, future community managers on how to measure success? Like, uh, like, um, how how can we say as a starting point to for example to our ceo saying okay this is my action plan okay and these are the kpis uh and i will measure the success by this this and this what's what's your approach on 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 this topic yeah um and not not to give a plug here but just to give someone give people a free resource right on this so there's a couple of places to go um i did a presentation at a conference several months ago where i basically gave my entire framework and it's okay. on my site so you just go to brianoblinger.com slides uh it'll be on there but and i'll kind of talk through what that looks like so um basically for me again it's about solving problems right and so the the way that i think about this is you know, what is the high level problem we're trying to solve? And then once we've defined that, then we can say, okay, given that that's our problem, what is our strategy, right? And so then we craft, okay, we have this problem, here's gonna be our strategy. And then we get down to the KPI, which is, okay, if we've decided that this is our problem and this is our strategy, how will we measure that? And how will we know that what we're doing is successful? And then the fourth level below that is, well, how are we actually going to measure it? You got to have metrics and the data. And so knowing where to go to get the data out of your platforms and things like that are really important so that you actually can get to the KPI because a lot of people choose things that they actually can't measure as a KPI, right? It's like, oh, well, we're going to, how are we going to know if we're successful? Oh, we're going to measure this thing. It's like, well, can you measure that thing? Do you have the data? And they're like, well, no. Um, right. And so I think it's really important to like, make sure you choose things that you can measure the success of. Um, but I think the best ones are the ones where you can draw that straight line, right. And you can say, we did an activity and that activity yielded this result. And that result uh, directly contributes to or influences whatever our high level problem we were trying to solve or objective is. Right. So that's kind of how I think about it from a framework perspective. Mm -hmm. And within that, any type of, you know, problem you're trying to solve or anything, you can put through that filter um, and hopefully come up with a reasonable set of expectations around, okay, how are we going to measure this? Um, but it's definitely one of the big mistakes you see is that people set off and they say, oh, we're going to go do this, we're going to do that. Um, but they don't ever really know you know, is that, a, is that worth your time, right? Is that a valuable activity? Should yeah. you be doing something else, right? Like how, how do we know that? 
And so measurement becomes a very important part of that, not just like you said, for, you know, getting an ROI number and proving that, but also just so you know that the things you're spending your time working on matter. Um, and that's not a, you know, pejorative thing. It's just, we want to make sure that we're providing the most maximum impact that we can. And therefore we have to have some way to know that we're doing that and yeah. measurement is the way you get to it. Yeah. I remember uh, reading on the, on Brad Feld's uh, book, Startup Communities. He's saying that uh, measure, me measuring communities is very, is very difficult because it's all about, uh, we know all those buzzwords like connect, a connection, belonging, and um, forget all the, the, like the fancy KPIs, especially because when measuring communities, the, the, the most important metric is interactions. Where, inter so like, how can, how can you measure uh, interactions or the quality of, of interactions, which is really difficult. Uh, in, in your opinion, like, for example, making, making a list and taking into account that like the main goal of, of a community as a strategy for, for a business, what are some examples of, I know that again, there's no, there is no one size fits all uh, for, for community building, but can you give us some examples on uh, types of metrics that we can use in order to measure success? Yeah. Well, let's, let's, um, so let's take one of the things you said and let's do, let's do an exercise, right? So let's use belonging, right? We'll just, okay. we'll do that one. So if a company says, you know, I say, Hey, what are you trying to do here? And they say, Oh, we're trying to create belonging, you know, in our community. Yeah. So of course the first question I would ask is what does belonging mean? And they would probably respond something along the lines of, Oh, well, they're a member of the community and they visit often and they have a feeling right, that this is a place they should be and should return. And so when I hear those three things, from a metric standpoint, I think, okay, if that's the case, and that's how you're defining belonging in this case, then we should measure a few things. We should measure um, membership, right? How many people are signing up? How many people are becoming a member? We should measure, um, you know, monthly active users, how many of them are returning on a regular basis, right? So maybe you slice it as a cohort and understand how many people return after 90 days, how many people return however many times a year kind of a thing. And then on the, we want them to feel something, um, that might be a survey, right? So we might ask customers, you know, why are you a part of this community? And what are the reasons that you come here? And they might tell us, well, because, you know, um, I really enjoy the company of the other people in the community and I get a lot of value out of it. And that gives us new things to measure. So we say, okay, what do you mean by value? And that you just kind of keep going down the hole until you find all of these interesting things that you can track to really get to, okay, we want people to belong or feel belonging, but what does that actually mean and how do we measure it? So that's kind of how I would think about taking a simple sentence, like we want people to feel belonging and, and morph it into actual numbers and metrics that we can track and then present a compelling story to say, okay, if those are the metrics now that we're going to track, now we need to build programs to, you know, we want more members or we want yeah. more engagement or we want whatever. And that's how we sort of then go back the other direction and say, well, we need to build all these things that will help us contribute more to these numbers. And that helps us ultimately build your ultimate goal, which is the belonging piece. Yeah. And, and it's always, it's all about like, a, it's a nonstop game, like where you, so you, you, you set a strategy, you put that strategy in practice, you measure, 
and the, the, the results and the conclusion you get from uh, those, those metrics lead to uh, a new strategy uh, in order just to keep the same results or to uh, increase uh, the numbers or any metrics that you have uh, to, 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 to measure. So I kind of I kind of like that because you know sometimes sometimes I feel that people make confusion about uh, and I would love to hear I would love to hear your opinion on this. Would you say that like building building a community and measure the success of a community is just it's very similar or is the same as the lean startup approach? Where you like you 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 build a I don't know a, you set the strategy you put the strategy in practice you you measure and then from there you iterate you improve you just uh, refine one specific detail do you see like the similarities or you think it's different? Yeah, I, I get this question a lot. And I think, you know, we spend a lot of time and effort building compelling strategies, right, that supposedly tell us what we're going to do and when we're going to do it and how we're going to do it. Um, but you also have to be flexible enough to say, you know, hey, some of these, like, if we're going to do 10 things as part of our strategy, uh, you know, three of them aren't going to work out, right? And we need to be flexible enough to say, okay, those, we tried that for a little while and it didn't work out. So we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to pivot into something else. So I think having both is important. You have to have the high level vision and a strategic plan and an operational plan of how you're going to go about doing these things. But as you get into measuring them and understanding their impact, you also have to be really honest with yourselves about, is this doing what we thought it was going to do? And if the answer is no, uh, then that's okay, right? Like we're not going to be perfect. Not everything's going to work yeah. exactly as it should. And that's really the kind of inherent nature of a community is that until we launch one and we start executing and we start engaging with our members, they're the ones who are going to tell us which parts of our strategy are successful or not and what else they want that we haven't thought of. And so there's a there's a good mix of you know sticking to your guns on the strategy side, but also being flexible enough to know when things need to change. And I think the best communities are the ones that balance those two things really well. Yeah, yeah. Can you give us, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you can answer like with the 100% honesty on this one, but can you give us a good examples uh, of, uh, of uh, communities that you see that um, have a very good approach on, 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 on managing and building communities? Well, there, there's so many and there's so many different types, right? So you could look at something like a Salesforce or an Altrix on the B2B side. You could look at something like a Reddit kind of on the more, you know, general interest topical based community. Um, you know, so I think there's like, there's so many different kinds. And I think that's uh -huh. what's important to understand here is that there are, there are like a million different strategies and tactics. And the question is, which ones are going to work for you? And we don't always know, you know, until we get started, right? Sometimes yeah. we have to do some experimentation. Communities really are a living, breathing, you know, kind of entity unto themselves. And some of the things, frankly, that worked really well for me in the past and that, you know, we'll bring it to a client or we'll try something might not work for them for whatever reason. Maybe something completely different works for them. And so, you know, knowing 
which ones to try and how quick to give up versus, well, let's try that a little longer because I think we just haven't broken through yet um, is a really important part of, there's like a feel, I guess, to all of this, right? Of knowing what to do and how to try it and when to give up and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like no two communities really are the same. And, and sometimes the things that work well in other places don't work well here and that's okay. You know, and we just need yeah. to keep working at it. And that's why we talk about this being a commitment, right? That when you're going to build a community, it's not going to happen overnight. It takes time. Uh, and this is why, because you have to go through this process to really get down to what does our community really need and want and what's going to work here versus what might've worked, you know, somewhere else, right? Trying to copy someone else's community um, ultimately is, is really difficult because not everything maps perfectly yeah. over. Yeah, okay. So Brian, we are uh, reaching uh, the end of, of, this, uh, of this episode. And uh, as always, uh, I, I, I just, I end the, the episode with, with the challenge, a very simple, a very simple challenge. On, on your side, I would love to take uh, advantage of your experience and all the knowledge you have. And the, um, the, the, the question is, is, very, is very simple. What would be the advice you would give, number one, to, uh, to a company that at this moment is, is asking, like, should I build a community or uh, why should I? built uh, like a, a community-centric um, uh, company? That's one question. The second question is, what, what, would, what would be the advice that you would give to someone uh, who has the, the milestone of being uh, a future chief community officer of, uh, mm. of a company? This is also becoming uh, a, a, fancy, a fancy name. So people say that community, um, chief community officer will be the, the, the role of the future, like the new, not the new C CEO, of course, but with, with, um, with a role as much important as a CEO. Uh, so what would be the advices you'd give to someone who is at this moment asking like, why should I build a, a, a community centric company? And for example, for someone like me, who, who is looking for his position on the community uh, on the community uh, building industry or community centric companies? What would be the advice that you'd give for someone who is starting his his career as a community manager? Yeah, well, there's about a million things I could say here, so I'll I'll, I'll boil this down to a couple of simple a couple of simple pieces for for your listeners, right? Um, so on the company side, I would say. The, one of the main core reasons why most companies should think about building community is scale, right? It, it's a unique, uh, community is a unique thing in a business that can allow you to scale in ways and a speed that you probably can't uh, in other ways, right? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest draw of why a lot of companies are thinking about being a community-led business because they've understood that they can get efficiencies and effectiveness and scale out of a community that are really hard to build um, in other ways, especially when you're a brand new company and you're just trying to, you know, make ends meet on your way to hopefully being a billion dollar company or an IPO or whatever. Um, it's all about, you know, that effectiveness and efficiency. So that's the company side, right? Um, on the people side of it, uh, the advice that I give everybody is try a bunch of different stuff, right? Go to a bunch of different communities, understand what makes them different, understand what works and what doesn't and why. Uh, and then also, like I said before, 
wrap that in the business side of it, understand what the business drivers are of these things and how companies talk about it and how you present your case to explain what the value is, right? Because you're going to need to do that too, just as I am here. Um, so I think some combination of that is, is really important. Uh, like one pitfall I see with people is they they build one type of community on one type of platform once and they sort of think, oh, I got this all figured out. This is how all communities are built. And there are there is a such a wide spectrum of communities, right? And the yeah. types of them. And so, I mean, in some cases, it's almost like a completely separate job, you know, depending on like a gaming community versus a software community somewhere could yeah. be polar opposite, you know, and how you approach that. And so that's why I think it's really important for people to be well-rounded and get experience in a lot of different types of communities. And then like me, they can bring forward all that experience and say, hey, I've done this or I've seen this 10 different ways, 15 different ways, and let's pick the best path for whatever we're trying to accomplish, you know, at this particular, wherever we're trying to build community. Well, okay. Again, we started with your, with a, um, a brief introduction uh, about who is Brian and we finish with a, a brief explanation on why companies, um, should invest in in, uh, in 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 building community, and I really loved your approach on using community as a strategy to scale companies in a more efficient and um, faster faster way. And um, the advice for everyone who is looking to to build his his, his or her career as a, as a community manager, and I'm sure that uh, at least for me, I, I will use it as a, as a key thought. Um, to to put in practice uh, in order to to find my spot uh, among all the, the incredible uh, community community managers that we have already, um, Brian, thank you so much for for your time for sharing your knowledge. I really loved your the the like the straight to the point uh, answer that you gave to all my uh, all my questions. Um, thank you for one more dot that was connected uh, in this uh, 30 episode. Uh, lots of success uh, for all your businesses, for all your clients. Uh, let's keep in touch. And once again, thank you so much for accepting uh, this, uh, this invitation to uh, participate on the Connect Dots podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Brian. <laughs>